Well, it's Charles Leclerc who takes pole in Australia. The first Ferrari pole at Albert Park since a certain Kimi Raikkonen back in 2007. And we all know how that season played out. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 184. And today we'll be reviewing qualifying for the 2022 Australian Grand Prix. Joining me today is engineering student Owen Medford. Hello. Tom Downey from the Everything F1 podcast. Hello. And Mikhail Kathia, um, who's a sport writer. Hey. So, um, we're back in Albert Park for the first time since 2019. Um, listeners of the show may not know this, but last time there was an Australian Grand Prix, the Grid Talk podcast didn't actually exist. So, <laughs> it certainly has um, been a while, but we'll start with you, Wayne. Charles Leclerc pulled an absolutely blinding lap on his final run. Um Max Verstappen took provisional pole, but to go two tenths faster after looking so nip and tuck, it was a, a hell of a lap from Leclerc today. Yeah, absolutely. Just like in a, almost in a different league, you know. Um, obviously, it being sort of nip and tuck, uh, and Max Verstappen actually, you know, pulled out an amazing lap there to 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 put eye on provisional pole, bearing in mind that you know he'd not been looking maybe so comfortable um, through the previous two qualifying sessions. Um, but yeah, Q three, he does a great lap, uh, and then. You know, Leclerc pulls it out of the bag with something kind of exceptional, um, which considering that they're still suffering with porpoising uh, in the higher speed sections of the track and, you know, maybe it's the, the, the Ferrari isn't the most complete package right now. Um, yeah, Charles Leclerc really, um, yeah, really sort of uh, uh, made it his own. And, uh, you know, you say two tenths, it's almost three um, tenths uh, faster than Max Verstappen. Um, and it's it really does seem like we have a fight on our hands, you know, raw pace. Um, one lap pace at least, um, with, a, with a bit of a messy session. Charles Leclerc is showing his class, really, um, and and just pulling out the, you know, do it, doing what all the all the great drivers can do, um, which is pulling out uh, an absolutely sort of brilliant performance um, when it's, you know, it's a little bit up in the air how the session's going to go uh, and everything like that. And, uh, and, and, and like you say, putting it on pole, um, obviously he's going to be, you know, sort of, uh, he's not maybe got a rear gunner, um, but with that kind of, there's, there's that, that much of an advantage that maybe he can, you know, just do it all there, all, all on his own tomorrow. Um, and, and that's, you know, sort of set the Scuderia up for a, a really good uh, start of the season um, with the first three races. Yeah, it looks like he may have to do it on his own with his teammate down in ninth. But Tom Verstappen, P2, I think he'll take that considering he has said that he's not been feeling too comfortable uh, with the car. And it definitely looked like that. He did. It was making some errors on his lap. But, you know, he's still going to be there for the race. You know what Max is capable of on a Sunday. And Ferrari have admitted that Red Bull do seem to have good long run pace. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I was almost surprised to see Max take provisional pole um, because he he didn't improve in sectors one or two. Uh, he, he had a decent sector three. I think his best lap came in, uh, I think he came in Q2 when he actually stormed th- through the field when he really looked at one with the car. It's a shame that he couldn't do that in Q3, but here we are. Um, like you said, Louis, he is good on a Sunday. We know how racy, should we say, he can get on a Sunday. Um, so, you know, he, he still starts in P2. Um, and he has Perez behind him as well. It's not like he's starting behind both the Ferraris. Um, so it, it'll be a good opportunity tomorrow for Max to 
you know, if you, if you get a good launch, you know, if Claire maybe gets a bit of a bad launch, you could get ahead early. Or maybe we're going to continue to see this new side of Max where we're going to see him play the strategy a bit more. In your, you know, instead of chewing through his tyres straight away, we might see him back off a bit, sort of bide his time, you know, especially as Albert Park, we may not see as many overtaking opportunities. Mm, well, do... Um... They've kind of taken the, uh, taken away one of the DRS zones, um, of course, before today. So instead of, of the four DRS zones, we now have only three. But with these new cars, we still don't quite know how they're, they're going to be able to, um, to to follow around this new track. But I um, guess we'll see tomorrow. And, and Mikel, P3, Sergio Perez. Um, of course, we have to put a little asterisk on that um, P3. He was, oh, he's been investigated um, for... I think it's been well going too fast under yellow Yeah, not flags. slowing down during yellow flags, yeah. But um he's you know, less um less than a tenth off Max. He's looking quite comfortable after another uh, of course pole in, in Saudi Arabia. Maybe he could get a bit of redemption this weekend and get himself on that podium. Yeah, he was looking very solid and I mean, you know, with maybe better luck, you know, he might be might have been challenging Verstappen for for what is effectively now the second place after Leclerc got the pole. But yeah, I mean it's a great result for him um to be in the mix in, in the top three and especially you know what Owen was already referring to with Leclerc. You know, he at least is able to you know provide Red Bull with two cars now if there is no penalty starting in the top three. So it, it's it's a better position they're starting tomorrow than where Ferrari are, which is the, the key for them. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, he's looking good. Uh, you can feel that he's very feisty from Saudi Arabia, having you know had that win taken away from him effectively by the by the safety cars at the time. So yeah, it's uh, it was a very good result and for the team and for himself as well. So I, I hope he's gonna actually be in the in the mix fighting for the for the win tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a possibility and Red Bull do have the upper hand uh, with the strategy, but P4 away, which makes me very happy as a as a McLaren fan, especially having to witness the, the tragedies that occurred in Bahrain. But Lando Norris, P4, you know, that given that McLaren have not brought, well, met any upgrades at all, I think we're finally going to see that this McLaren is a quick car given the right circumstances. Yeah, of course. I think it's a, that sort of speaks to where they are right now um, with the car, um, which might be a little bit concerning. Um, but, you know, it's you got to take the wins when they come your way. Um, and, you know, to get P4, put it in front of the Mercedes, you know, even who were, who were again, a bit stronger than they have been recently. Um, you know, he, he's managed to put it on the second row, which is um, always going to be a good thing. And, and it's sort of a world away from where we were um was it two weeks ago and and almost a month ago? You know, Bahrain. It looked like the you know what what's happened to the car, and now it's like oh okay, it's just it's just sort of finding the circuits where it works well at and taking your uh, taking your advantages where you can get them. Um, you know, it's a good luck from uh, from from Lando Norris there, but it's a bit best of the rest for me, um, if only just because I think the the pace of the Red Bull and the and the Ferrari is, is so far away uh, from them that you know this is this is the closer than they get. This is sort of like a, an F one point five. Uh, pole position almost um you know seeing as it's it's nearly half a second um that lando's uh, been out qualified by sergio um but again you know that that's all you can hope for really um 
when, you know, but based on the first two races at least, you know, I think this will be delightful for the uh, uh, for for McLaren, um, and uh, and it's you know it's a good, it's going to set them up um, for a good for a good race to maybe pick up the pieces. I know obviously the inside of Turn One is wider, but um, you know they they could still be contact. It's still not especially. Uh, you know, it's not Paul Ricard, for example. So there still could be the uh, the um, chance of an incident, and um, and we've seen people go, you know, uh, go from P4 to to um, uh, two very very good positions before uh, at Albert Park. So this is, you know, this is a really great position, obviously, to to sort of mount a uh, a challenge on the podium if things go their way. Yeah, and of course, they'll be um, eagerly waiting for the decision from the FIA about Sergio Perez to see if maybe Lando could be starting within the top three. Um, I know it's seven o'clock Melbourne time that it's happening. I'm not quite sure how that correlates into UK time uh, of when that um, meeting is going to happen with Perez and the FIA. But uh, in the meantime... Uh, Lando Norris will be starting fourth. And behind him, Tom, is going to be Lewis Hamilton. And... Given the way that this qualifying session went, you could have even argued that it was surprised to see um, Hamilton get out of Q2, never mind put it in fifth, given just how much he was struggling with that car. So many times he was fighting that car through the, the breaking points and just having to wrestle that car to even get a competitive lap time on the board. Yeah, um I thought it was going to be almost a case of damage limitation for Hamilton because we saw, I think he, even in um, even in uh, possibly Q1, um, I, I think it was when he was coming through turn 13, I, I could be making that up, the, the car just seemed to snap oversteer on him as he was coming out. It just looked so unsteady um, and so sort of twitchy, plus the plus the poor position we could see for both Mercedes drivers. You know, I'm surprised they haven't come out this qualifying session with whiplash or something. Honestly, it's just, you know, they're, they're sort of bouncing up and down. It's good thing the car's not have a roof because it'd have probably had a dent in the red. Um, but no, it's a, you know, you know, so all those sort of troubles aside, it is an impressive qualifying from Hamilton, I'd say. Um, I think fifth is the best he was ever going to get plus one because signs come in ninth isn't the true representation of his time. Um, which I'm sure we'll obviously get into in a bit. Um, but yeah, um, the the merc just looks, it just looked off. I I I can't quite say what it is. Um, but it's just the car just looks a bit. You know, it's obviously got some sort of fundamental issue, and we're slightly struggling to see what that is. Um, well. We, well, we, we we say we're struggling to see what it is. We can see it's you know it's just just hasn't just doesn't seem to have the aero and there are power unit issues galore with Merck at the moment, which is not what we tend to expect from them. Um, you know, so for, so for, so for, for Hamilton, it's it's actually a pretty good qualifying. I think he might struggle in the actual race because you know I, you know I, I don't see him getting much further up the field unless a, unless a bit of misfortune goes his way or something. Um, but yeah, it was in terms of his actual qualifying pace, it was it was almost surprising, which seems weird to say because he's been obviously such an established and successful driver. But to see him get out of Q two and then to finish P five, I think he wasn't, and it was a bit like, whoa, okay then. 
Yeah, and he was pushed all the way by his teammate, um, Mikhail George Russell, um, P6. You know, he's also really not having a, a, a good time with that card. But again, you know, we call him Mr. Sassy for a reason because he has managed to pull out a, another decent uh, lap, you know, just, um, just over a tenth off Hamilton. And... Yeah, it's, it's like Tom was saying, this is kind of like the best Mercedes can hope for at the moment, given the really extreme porpoising that they're, they're having in these um, faster sections of the track. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a decent result for, for Russell and for Mercedes as a team, because as, as Tom was already saying, the only thing that they have somewhat put a foot wrong is the fact that Norris is ahead of them. Like fourth was realistically possible today if uh, because of because of signs faltering but yeah i mean russell did well he was within a tenth with hamilton um switching positions through q1 q2 q3 hamilton just got the better of him even though from early in the session it would have looked that it might have flipped the other way yeah i mean overall it's a it's a good recovery from from what they had in saudi arabia as well so overall it, it's okay I am a bit questioning on how they'll do tomorrow um, in race pace. I don't know. I, I hope they'll be able to, you know, fight, you know, at least for fourth, I guess, with, with Norris and eventually when science comes up the field. But yeah, we'll see. It'll be an interesting mix tomorrow in the below podium positions, I think. Yeah, I think... Uh... You can even just see from the, the qualifying times anyway that just how close it is between um, all those midfield teams. Only seven tenths uh, separated Norris in fourth and Sainz in in ninth. Of course, uh, Carlos Sainz is just really not having a good qualifying today. But we'll move on to the hometown hero, Owain, Daniel Ricciardo, P7. I think, you know, they'll be happy with that given um, the way that McLaren has been. It's the first time, um, I believe, Daniel Ricciardo, well, the McLaren have been in Q3 anyway this um this season. They have both cars in there. Just goes to testament show that there is there is potential in this car, uh, as we were saying with Lando Norris. And, you know, hopefully Daniel Ricciardo can actually make it to the end of this race in, in one piece. Yeah, he'll be wanting to. Um, I think it's a little bit of a disappointing qualifying for him, uh, unfortunately, because he's, he's three tenths off his teammate for me. Uh, well, oh, sorry, not, is it three? No, I can't. Yeah, he's three tenths off his team. I'm not an idiot. Um, which is still pretty far. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a little bit disappointing. Um, but you know, that you kind of almost wouldn't have expected the Mercedes to be in front of them based on the performances and based on their performances in practice and things like that. So um, you know, maybe maybe they just got caught out a little bit by that. Um, otherwise, it's you know he's going to want to, he's going to have to do something in the race tomorrow because otherwise it's going to be properly disappointing you know your home race your first home race for two years um you know with a new team that should be that should be better based on everything that they're saying and it's uh and it's just, for me it's a little bit disappointing um that he's got to seventh um and that, and that's all of it so i i think he's gonna have to sort of uh maybe make some risks um which if they come off will look you know they're gonna look great in front of his home crowd um, it's about 120,000 people there uh, today, probably more for the race tomorrow. Uh, apparently, it's as busy as ever it's ever been um, from from sort of, sort of the eyewitness reports. And uh, 
and you know that he could really put on a real show uh and uh um, you know if, if he's lucky he could, again he can make it to the podium like seventh isn't outside the realms of possibility you know there's it's a it's a new track it's, we've seen people making mistakes uh and putting things wide and putting them putting their cars in the wall um it's not so easy uh and uh and that's that's you know that's going to be good if you're in, in again if you're starting where daniel ricardo is the problem is he, you know if he gets swamped at the start uh he might have an issue have issues with where uh you know he gets a bit in the sort of um in the sort of melee uh and uh and it could cause him issues but you know a good start and uh and i think he's he's halfway there to having a, a decent result um it just he just needs to sort of put some really good laps in uh and uh and you know he's gonna have to take a few risks to do it but he could make he could make up into a, a really good podium position this time yeah i mean given the, <laughs> you're right to mention like safety cars given the way that uh um qualifying went today we may not be shy of a safety car or two uh tomorrow especially if uh maybe the likes of nicholas latifi um have anything to say about it but uh, tom um Esteban Ocon, P8, and the Alpine was looking solid, especially in the hands of Fernando Alonso, who we'll, we'll get on to later. But, you know, P8 is respectable from Ocon. He's never always uh, had the had the match of Alonso too much is to, um, since Alonso joined Alpine, uh, since, well, since he came to Alpine. Um, but P8, respectable, not too far off the McLarens. The Alpine in general looks fairly solid. It could be an interesting race with some decent points up for grabs for tomorrow yeah um it was it was nice to see alpine sort of looking that strong because i had my reservations about them this season but um alonso especially was you know was, was putting in some putting in some stellar laps um but ocon yeah a, a good saturday for him um you know he, he he's, he's putting his car in, in a decent position um I think realistically, he probably would have been P8 again had signs not been done dirty by the red flag. Um, but the point is that both cars were sort of comfortable in the top 10. They looked like they belonged there. They've been in good laps, you know, they, they were sort of going toe to toe with um, with with the cars around them. You know, so it's uh, it is it's in, it's in a good platform for for tomorrow for for um, for for Ocon. He's got also got both the Mercs ahead of him. Um, yeah, you know. You know, there's you know quite possibly you know he he could get past them, um you know especially if they start to struggle with you know with tire deck or whatever they you know we'll hear Hamilton compared about his tires at some point anyway, um but um but but you know if um you know if the Mercs are struggling with sort of race pace or what have you as we've seen them do so far this season, it's a good chance for I can I say to to move on to move on up up the field. Yeah, there's. I think there is like usually um, with Albert Park as being a sort of a street circuit, it was a very difficult track to overtake. I, I genuinely feel with these new cars and the way that the track is, there's definitely um, you know moving up the field is not out of the realms of possibility. And for one driver, uh, Mikhail Carlos Sainz, he kind of needs that to be the case. Um, as Tom mentioned, he was caught out by the red flag. Um, in Q3, he was about to set his lap time before Fernando Alonso put it in the wall, and then his second run just it just wasn't clean, and he just couldn't um, couldn't get a competitive lap time on the ball. He's put left him down in ninth with, a, with quite a lot to do tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, he really got caught out. It was 
like perhaps like less around a second more he would have needed and that that lap would have been completed and and he wouldn't have the issues that he's having now um yeah it's it's gonna be a difficult day tomorrow although like you said with the new cars with the, the changes to the track that we've had it's probably easier to follow and overtake now than it was a couple of years back but still you know you're looking at the people in front of him he has both mclarens both mercedes and Ocon to clear before he's even in the fight that he's supposed to be at. Now, I mean, without without anything crazy happening and be, without being able to, you know, massively undercut or overcut people during the pits, that's going to take him at least, I would say, probably 20, 20 to 30 laps to get past all five of those. They won't be easy for him, I don't think. And then there's the question of Fernando. I mean, if, the, if Alpine is able to, and hopefully they are able to fix his car, then he's also definitely throwing his, uh, his hat in the game. So it's going to be a tough day at the office for, for science tomorrow, I feel like. And I genuinely don't think like anything below fourth is going to be a disappointing weekend for him, I would say. Yeah, and Ferrari going to need all the points they can get. They kind of took the points and ran with them in, in Bahrain when Red Bull faltered. But uh, if Red Bull are going to continue to be this competitive... Uh, their constructors title is going to require uh, Carlos Sainz being up there, you know, in the top four every single race from now on. Uh, so, I mean, rounding out the top 10 is Fernando Alonso. It was going from El Plan to El Pain uh, for him very quickly, setting set the world uh, alight with his lap before, I think it was a hydraulics issue uh, of some sort that... Um, put him in the wall and brought out the red flag in Q3. But man, was uh, Fernando looking mighty competitive uh, up until that point? Yeah, um, really competitive. Obviously looking, uh, you know, he took take his Q2 time um, of a 118.8 um, and that puts him ahead of Lewis Hamilton um, in the Q3 grid um, for, for tomorrow's race. So that, you know, he, he did actually look very, very promising. Um, unfortunately, yeah, hydraulic issue, which, um, you know, if they can't fix it, that might be a grid drop or something like that. Um, I think he's already had an engine change, uh, had to have an engine change just because of the way the um, the Renault power unit is uh, set up with a with a pump of some description. That I can't remember exactly which one it was, but um, yeah, that could be, you know, it could be costly depending on what's damaged. Um, obviously, it went into the wall, sort of. It looked like the front left corner went into the uh, into that tire barrier, um, but who knows what that could have uh, could have damaged. And uh, you know, it, they could be looking at um, places further back, um, which is annoying because obviously um, it's it's really frustrating. Um, you know, getting you know potentially being on the uh, on the third row of the grid um, and just not being able to just because of a car issue. I think, you know, that obviously, you know, Fernando is a hugely confident person who knows their own skill. So, you know, he's not going to be worried, too worried uh, about that. But for Alpine, that's got to be an issue when, uh, you know, you've got hydraulic issues causing you, uh, costing you results like this. Um, no, no, that's, that's obviously an issue just uh, to iron out. Um, otherwise it's a, it's a good qualifying session. So, uh, for them um so it's kind of a yeah wasted opportunity i would say um and uh you know best case scenario is a 10th place start for them but that could, they could be even further back and uh and as Mikhail said if they, even if they've got pace in the car it's it's difficult to come through the field um and it would take a few laps and it, it's going to hurt their chances which is unfortunate 
Um, so yeah, um, obviously a disappointing day for Alpine, um, what with Fernando's crash. But you know, assuming assuming they start where they are, it looks like he's got pace in the car, so he, he could do something tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously we're all hoping that uh, Alpine are able to get the car fixed, and if, if they do, then I think Fernando is is the, the more likely out of him and knock on to a. Uh, well, to move that car up the grid and maybe score more points than just you know either one or four points uh, where they're currently sat. But Tom, as we now move out the outside the top ten, we have Pierre Gasly in eleventh. I mean, it was only two tenths faster than Sonoda, which would suggest that there really wasn't much to, more to give in that Alpha Tauri. Probably did as best as he could, um, but yeah, he just wasn't enough to to see him into Q3 or and he's going to be starting just outside the top 10. Yeah, um, I was a little bit disappointed um, with Gassi because you would, we've almost sort of come to expect that much more from him where we expect him almost to, to get an excuse to be pretty much on, on the reg. Um, but sadly, it didn't quite happen for him today. Uh, it's a shame, but he's... Uh, you know, you know, but but he's you know, he's 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 still in a good position. I was about to say, um, you know, if Perrot, you know, that you know, if something happened, he moved into P10, he'd still have free choice to tie. But obviously, that rule's gone out the window this year. Um, you can tell I'm still waking up. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no, just yeah, he just he, he didn't exactly seem to, seem to set the world alight today. Um, you know, I, I didn't really. You know, we didn't sort of hear or see anything of him in in quality, but also you know, but, you know, we we got Ferrari and Red Bull going out at Hammer and Tong this year, so you know, you're not necessarily expecting to. Um, yeah, just I, f- I feel like with Dazzly, it's like we it's sort of like I sort of like I already said, we we almost expect more from him because he's you know because he's been so good for you know so many years now, and. It's actually a matter of thing that the last time, <clears throat> excuse me, we came to Albert Park, he was in his first race for for the Red Bull Senior Team. It's like if you, you know, if you think back to sort of how long it's been, it's like it's, it, you know, it, for, for me too, it, it feels mad that you know it's three years ago. But um, but yeah, you know, hope, hopefully, you know, while he's already on for a better weekend this year, he didn't go out in Q one this weekend. Um. But yeah, but no, he's um hopefully hopefully he has a better weekend sort of from you know on both fronts than he did last time we were here. Yeah, definitely. And it's crazy to think he's had three podiums, including a win since then, all with Alphatari. <laughs> so but 12th place, um, Mikhail Valtteri Bottas broke his uh, Q3 record now. So a record that's been long-standing since 2017 um, has been broken now as he as he qualifies P12. Um, I don't think they can say it's, uh, they're going to be too disappointed. I think cars are slowly starting to reveal their true pace now and that time for Alfa Romeo to start capitalising on where others have faltered is probably slowly coming to an end now and they're sort of settling into where we would expect the Alfa Romeo to be in this kind of pack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, it's it's so sad that his name won't be etched next to a uh, Senna and Prost in the in the record for the most Q3 appearances. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. One thing that was disappointing, I would say, from Bottas is the fact that he wasn't able to improve his time from Q1 in Q2. Uh, you look at his time from Q1, 119.25, he would have only needed to improve less than two tenths, and he would have, you know kicked Ricardo or, or Hamilton out of Q3. So had he improved his time, he would have easily made it into, well, not easily, but he would have been in the in the fight to make it into Q10 in a more serious manner. So so there's a point of improvement there. And that was the same case for, for Zhu as well. So I don't know if it's something to do with Alfa Romeo, maybe. Um, but yeah, like you said, now we're starting to see that maybe, you know, the Ferrari engine isn't a god engine that makes every team that uses it finishing top 10 every time. But instead, you're starting to see the the other um, teams with other engines also rise up up to the challenge. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an all right uh, position to be in for tomorrow, um, though there are no tire benefits anymore this year. But yeah, I mean. He'll, he'll be able to have a scrappy race there. I don't know how high up he'll be able to climb. Definitely fighting with Gasly for sure. But then, you know, is the McLaren-Alpine race pace that bad that an Alfa Romeo could be able to fight with them? I don't know. I, I think it'll take something, you know, um, some sort of a happening or a, or a different, an alternative tire strategy maybe for him to be in like the, P9, P8 fight, but I mean, solid result today. Beat you still, so still, you know, number one at Alpha, so it's all right. Yeah, I don't think it's the board state, so Alpha is probably going to go away anytime soon. Um, P13 for Yuki Tsunoda, Owain. Yeah, I mean, he may be happy that he's only two tenths off Gasly, um, but otherwise, not really much you can say about Yuki. It's a, you know, a performance that we've become fairly familiar with in the car, which doesn't seem to be as competitive uh, this weekend. Yeah, um, it's not really as competitive as it has been. It's not really competitive as it was last year, which is uh, unfortunate because obviously it was, you know, there were, there were some really good results pulled out there. Um, yeah, Yuki's two tenths off, and it was a bit of, scruff, bit of a scruffy qualifying session for him, I think. Um, it's just kind of, you know, obviously with that, with him going off, getting that lap time deletion, which seems sort of pointless, but in your mind, you know, how far he went off and how slow he had to go. Um, but, um, you know, there's there's a positive there in that he's only a, he's only a couple of tenths off of his teammate. So he's, he's not so far away that it's just like, what's going on? Um, but it, it, it is, a, you know, somewhat worrying that um, he's not maybe a little bit closer, bearing in mind that, Actually, you know, I, I, you know, I was about to say that he, you know, Pierre Cassidy is old, but he's just been in the water a while. Um, you know, it's just that it's just that everyone's getting younger and younger. So, you know, Yuki's there. You know, it's it's kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, it's only two tenths, but on the other hand, I'm just like, you should, really should be mixing it up. Um, and you know, there's, there, I think there's positives and negatives to it. Um, the, the problem is he's sort of in the, like, as, as I said before, he's kind of in the sort of melee zone where he could quite easily get tripped up at the start, quite easily get um, sort of locked behind someone maybe a bit slower um, if he can't overtake. Um, you know, and and you can't re- really rely on the pace of the car with 
we think at this point that you know he's going to be able to blast past them and and start pulling in some really good points playing positions because that midfield looks more competitive than it has been in a long long time and uh, you know everyone's doing you know every, every, everyone's putting in good performances um and it it just looks like a little bit more difficult um to to move forward in it and uh and unfortunately that's i think you know costing points um, which is the, again the same issue that was that was happening last year so um and I, I think it's less his fault this time he seems he seems more ready he seems more um you know fitter and more able to do it um than he was last year but uh, you know there's there's i think that there's promise there but there's still worry to be had as well um so I think we're going to, have to see. That I think the proof in the pudding is going to be sort of in the race tomorrow, really. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately for Snowder, he's one of those drivers who is maybe a little bit more prone to an accident than than some others on on the grid. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be, uh, he'll be hoping for a clean race and maybe a clean race, given how uh, chaotic qualifying was at times, especially with retirements. Um, he want to keep his nose clean with his best shots. At points, fourteenth um, place for Guan Yu Zhou, Tom. Um, similar to Sonoda in, in the fact that he'll be happy that he's in Q two. Um, there's not really much he can say. He's probably doing the best he can with the equipment he's got. And as Mikel mentioned earlier, both Alfa Romeo is going slower than the um, Q uh, one lap time in Q two. So fourteenth is, is pretty much where you'd expect him to be. Not so bad for a rookie. Yeah. Um, you know, this is what his what third race in F1 now. Um, and, and you know, whilst he's not set the, set the world on night, he's about where you'd want him to be. You know, he's he's, he's not doing any super mistakes looking at you, Stroll and the TV. Um, you know, he, you know, he, he's, he's 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 keeping on the track, you know, he hasn't binned it into the wall or anything, which you could almost forgive a rookie for doing because obviously the change to F1 from F2 is enormous. Um, yeah, you know, he, he was what. Two tenths for his teammate, something like that. I'm, I'm not, ent- I'm not entirely sure of the gap. Um, someone please correct me if, if I'm wrong, which I usually am. Um, Around seven tenths. Seven tenths. Oh, there we are then. Okay, so a bit, a bit of a bigger gap, but also his teammate is Valtteri Bottas, who's just spent five years being Hamilton's um, whipping boy. Yeah, so you know, so so yeah, so Bottas knows his way around a car, as we know, and um, and yeah, you know, for 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 for, for Joe. Or do we call him Joe or Guan Yu? I can't remember the name and customs. It's Joe Guan Yu. It's Joe Guan Yu. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, so for for him, I I think it was a decent result. The car did seem to lose a bit of pace as, as the temperature began to drop a bit as the sun went in. Um, you know, you know, maybe maybe he lost a bit of tire temperature or or you know the you know the car lost sort of operation temperature. I'm not quite sure. Um, or maybe you, you know or Maybe he just didn't have the pace, you know, quite for that second run. I don't know, but he's he still had a decent qualifying. Um, again, we just we sort of didn't really see anything of him, which, like I just said, is not necessarily a bad thing because it means he can just get his head down and sort of almost remain out of the spotlight that is F one and F one social media and F, you know the you know, the the press and everything. You know, it means he can just. You can just crack on with driving the car, getting used to it, getting used to you know all the different nuances of the F1 cars. You know, getting used to the sort of increased pressure, all the rest of it, all that all comes around it. So yeah, so I I think you know, I, 
whilst you know most people say they go, oh, he's P14, you know, that's that's pretty pretty poor. Um, I don't necessarily think so. Um, you know, I, I I think I think I think it was a decent quality for him. Um, obviously, not ideal. You know, he he either likes to be into Q3, but I think that is about where that car was going to get. Um, so hopefully tomorrow, you know, may, may work his way up the grid. Hopefully, hopefully we, we you know we might even see him perhaps sneak a sneak a naughty little point or something because no doubt both the Alpines will go pop because of their French liability. Um, yeah, so well, uh, yeah, so so there may be some some room to move up the field. Yeah, you know, this is a, a race is never decided on Saturday unless it's Monaco. So you know, anything can happen. Uh, so round up um, Q two, uh, Mick Schumacher P fifteen, uh, Mikhail the half not looking looking so good, but um, I think Mick will take some satisfaction at the fact that he out-qualified his teammate, um, at least got into Q2. Um, he may not be too pleased that he's down in 15th, given the pace that Haas have had, but maybe similar to Alfa Romeo, you know, Haas's time of taking points off struggling teams is maybe now sort of slipping away from them. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's felt that throughout the entire weekend, Haas isn't where we, well, not necessarily got used to seeing them, but where we saw them in the last two weekends. Um, but yeah, I mean, for Mick, it's a decent result. I mean, anytime you're not eliminated in Q1, you know, you can pat yourself a little bit on the back. Um, out qualifying Magnussen, also a, a, a plus point for him. Although, to be fair to Kevin, even though we'll get to him later, but, you know, his second run was compromised due to the... Uh, dumb and dumber Canadian edition, as I shall call it. Um, and then he just couldn't do anything in the last two minutes. I mean, it was a very scrappy situation where I don't think maybe one or two of the drivers improved their times and that's it, or, or Vettel got a time in, in general. So, yeah, Mick did an all right job. P15, it's okay to start from, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I wish this is not the reality for Haas. I, I very much like their Cinderella story, but I don't know, maybe the clock already struck midnight, I guess. That's actually a pretty good analogy. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, so we'll now move into the, the bottom five and yeah, trust me, we will get onto that Latifi and uh, Stroll incident later. I will want to hear um, all of your opinions on, on what was a very bizarre accident. But uh, before that, P16 for Alex Albon, uh, Owain, I mean, you're comparing him to Nicholas Latifi, so obviously he's going to be um, quicker, and he was again um, today. Um, but there's just nothing really coming from that Williams. We expected so much from them, and uh, it's just not coming to any sort of fruition. It's just it looks like that, that, uh, that Williams is destined to, to be towards the back. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, they're in a similar position to Haas as uh, last year, um, and it looks like they haven't even um, haven't even made, been able to, you know, get some points out of the first two races. Uh, and now that they're uh, and and you know, for them now they're uh, they've qualified they're, they're qualified basically, but well, terribly. It's a, it's an awful thing to have have happen for them. Um, there's not really any pace in the car. Um, just looking at the lap itself, um, outside of any other factors for Alex Albon, um, it's it's not too far um, off a Q3 time. Um, 
Oh, sorry, a Q2 time, sorry. Uh, you know, it, it slightly better lap. Maybe maybe the reliability that caused, had to, that caused them to have to stop the car um, was a bit of an issue. Maybe that also, the, I, can't, I don't know if that lap was set um, in that sort of two minutes to go qualifying race that we had. Um, but, and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty close and maybe it could have done better in, in clean air if it was the last lap set. Um, the biggest issue really for Albon here is that he's going to be starting probably 19th. He's got a three-place grid drop for uh, last week's outing in Jeddah where, uh, was it, I believe it was Stroll he hit, um, yeah. sent it out the inside and obviously, you know, it really didn't work out. Um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of, uh, so, he, so he's starting 19th with an not amazing lap. Luckily, Latifi. Uh, did settle up, so we actually have something to compare it to, but it's still, you know, he's, he's, he's a quarter of a second ahead, so he can take something in that, I guess. Um, but the fact is, it's not a very good performance, and uh, and they're starting quite far behind, um, you know, basically on the back of the grid. Um, and, you know, that's obviously sort of, uh, that, that's not really acceptable for, for what they should have been doing with the car. Um because as I say, you know, at least, at least Haas managed to go and get points. Um, and there's, there hasn't been pace in that Williams all season, which is pretty worrying. And it seems like yet another rule change has, uh, has slipped them by without them managing to do uh, anything with it. And, uh, and you know, I, I know it's really early in the season, but you start, you know, you start looking at them going, what's going on? You know, where, what can the... Um, you know, what, what can they do to, to keep moving forward? Or can they move forward? Um, but... You know, I think again, that's outside the, the the scope of it, really. You know, right now it's just looking at Alex Albon, who is probably going to start nineteenth, and you know, the only reason that um, Lance Stroll is behind him in that case is because it's because of uh, penalties. Well, it is, is because uh, obviously of his of his teammates. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's really not a great performance. Yeah, um, not great. And you said, yeah, yeah can compare with Latifi and, you know, being 1.2 seconds faster than your teammate is going to, um, you know, at least do your confidence a bit of good, even if <laughs> your position is only... Um, I completely apologise for that. I got the gap wrong. I honestly just thought he couldn't be that far back. <laughs> it's Nicholas Latifi. Anything's possible, it would seem. Um, yeah, Tom... You know, Kevin Magnussen, he's been in Q3 for the last uh, two two races, getting scoring points, but this time, yeah, qualified P17, as I mentioned. He'll start P16 because of Albon's penalty. Yeah, I think points are going to be a, a bit of a stretch for Magnussen. Um, but, you know, I think they're just settling it, as I've sort of already mentioned with Mick, you know, I think they're just settling into where they're likely to be for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a fall back down, you know, back down to us with a bit of a bump for Haas. Um, I do think the car is quicker than that. Um, you know, we saw it in the first two races, but just you know, just today just wasn't quite meant to be. Not helped obviously by you know McLaren drastically improving their pace this this weekend. Um, and and, uh, and and yeah, um, <laughs> good chat, Tom. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, yeah, points. Yeah, probably a bit, bit of a stretch. I'd say, like like you said, Louis. I'm so sorry. Oh. This early start in uh, 
on a Saturday is not for me. Um, I like to have a lion on a Saturday. Um, yeah. Uh, points is going to be one of those things. I think there would have to be a bit of misfortune in front of him with a couple of retirements, you know, maybe a safety car and, and, and all the rest of it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, has, I, I don't know. It, it's a weird one because obviously they're such a good start to the year. You know, you know they're the two brilliant qualifying some points finishes. You know, you know mix on the cusp of points as well. Um, you know, and then obviously had that horrible crash in Saudi. So I don't know. It, it's weird because you know because it, it, part of me is just like, oh heck, are we going to see them back in their sort of twenty twenty one ways? You know, where they were just woeful. But no, that's reserved for Williams this year. Um, you know, so um, you know, so you know, I, I don't, I don't think we need to worry that Haas will be that bad because they're, they're not going to be that bad. They, they they won't get that far, that far sort of back down the grid. Um, but just this weekend is just done sort of, sort of like bedding in, if you like, and um, and, and sort of settling in a bit, you know, because this is the first. Well, no, it's not the first two circuit because we were in Jeddah two weeks ago. But 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 Albert Park is a very different challenge to to Jeddah and to, to Bahrain. Um, so yeah, so Haas, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think this 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 weekend will be tough for them. Um, well, you know, well tomorrow I should say will be tough for them. Um, but I, I do I do have faith in them that the rest of the season I think I think they they generally will be in the midfield like they have been so far. Yeah, I think you know the. the... I think we do have to sort of mention the fact that this midfield is really close and we're going to see teams jump up, jump down. It's going to be so track dependent, depending on, you know, what cars um, suit which tracks is going to is going to be. I think it's going to be quite a mix, at least for a while, especially as these teams still try to figure out um, the perfect balance for these new cars and figure out what works um, best for them. So uh, definitely uh something that Haas will try and take advantage of any tracks maybe like Bahrain like Saudi which their car is very quick they're going to look to try and capitalize as much as possible um but for tracks like you know Australia it clearly it doesn't suit their their car um uh, nearly as well and finally we'll before we get on to the incident um we have Sebastian Vettel uh Mikhail uh, after his crash in FP3, it looked like he may not get out, but actually, thankfully, due to that red flag, he was able to get out, set a lap time. Yeah, it's P18, but it was, <laughs> he was given one chance there in a car in an Aston Martin, which isn't particularly quick. Yeah, and I mean, P18, starting P17, I guess, with Albon dropping behind as well, so... Yeah, I mean, the fact that the, I mean, the, the real heroes for Aston Martin today were the mechanics because they got Vettel out in, in, in the first place. You know, the, the position is, you know, secondary to the fact that he was actually on the track and, and got a feel for the car after it, it getting patched up. Yeah, I mean, there isn't much else to necessarily say, say for Vettel. You know, the red flag got him on the, on the track. It's great to see him back. I'd really just wonder because you're looking at the cars with the Mercedes engine and they're at the like, not the very top, very, very top, but you have, you know, McLaren and Mercedes doing relatively well, even though especially Mercedes still looks like they're struggling a lot with the aero, but it's not the engine that's keeping Williams and Aston Martin back. So I, I just have to wonder how bad their aerodynamics must be to 
not even be able to really put up a fight against Haas. I mean, yeah, okay, Albon outqualified Magnussen today, but still, like, the, you see those four cars always at the bottom, you know, being eliminated in Q1. It just makes you wonder what, like, how fundamentally must there be a fault in the car to to have them at the back of the grid all the time. And it's, I mean, it's unfortunate to see Vettel there, but I mean, at least we got, we got him back. We got him on track, but yeah, tomorrow can't see making much progress as long as, I mean, I just hope Latifi doesn't take him out tomorrow. Yeah. Otherwise it could end up costing Aston Martin a lot of money. Um, (laughs) Already had a very expensive uh, weekend, not to mention Stroll has been, had his, front left and front right uh, sort of <laughs> absolutely destroyed in the space of a day and I'm sure those mechanics are really looking forward to working overnight to try and get those uh, that car fixed so yeah we'll, we'll now move on to it P19 Nicholas and CV his lap was pretty terrible to begin with uh, not to mention he didn't really get a second go and then Lance Stroll did not finish didn't even get a lap set Um so yeah, I mean the basis of the principle of uh, the the crash was that Latifi was getting out of the way of Stroll because he believed that Stroll was on a push lap. Stroll wasn't on a push lap, so he slowed down. So Latifi said that he was like, "Okay, I'm going to just get on with my um, with my warm up lap." Went to overtake Stroll. There was a stupid collision, and it ended both the qualifying and brought out the red flag. So I'm going to start with you. Like, what did you make of that? Because Let's face it; it's amateurish. That those sorts of incidents shouldn't be happening in Formula One. I think it comes down to ultimately, um, you know. I think you know. I, I had some thoughts on it initially. I've sort of gone back and looked at it, obviously um, as I've seen it on the coverage. Um, I think it comes back down to sort of the thing you first learn to, to uh, you know, one thing you tell when you first learn to drive on a motorway or a highway, which is you you don't undertake, um, and that's effectively what. That Tifi's tried to do here. Um, I, th- I think it's on, you know, and, and also, funnily enough, it comes back to another thing, which is, you know, the driver behind is the driver at fault. Like, um, yeah, Stroll didn't help by having to move. Um, but what was, you know, st- you know, Stroll was pretty close to the race. He was basically on the racing line. Um, so, I, you know, I think Stroll had to move. That's that's what he has to do to get out of the way, either incur a penalty or, or again, cause an accident with a with a, a faster moving car, really. Um, yeah, Latifi was out, you know, got out of the way and, and was squeezed a little bit. And then, you know, he's obviously realised. But uh, um, and, he, and he's tried to go for a gap that is there. But again, you know, he has to look in his mirrors too. And he would have, he should have known that there was a guy on a push lap that Stroll would probably be uh, moving out of the way for. And um and yeah, just kind of, I think it's low situational awareness and, and lack of foresight from Latifi. I'd put, the, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm not sure it's enough uh, clear and obvious error um, to get him a penalty um, based on based on that. But um, I, I think the rules are now sort of decided when it comes to causing a collision. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's like you say, it's amateurish. It's, it's a schoolboy error um, that shouldn't really be happening because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fault of driving, on Latifi that, you know, again, just on the public highway would get you, uh, you know, would, would put the fault in your court. I, th- I think it's Latifi's fault, honestly. Um, yeah. He's just, he's done a sort of a silly, a silly try, uh, overtake um, when he really didn't need to. And, um, you know, 
it's it's almost a bit of justice that he's co- he's come off worse. Um, to be honest, because it's just a track rod for um, for Lance Stroll. It's a track rod or a suspension piece, probably, um, which is not the end of the world. Relatively easily fixable. It'll probably be fixed. It's probably fixed now, to be honest. Um, you know, bearing in mind that the mechanics of a uh, I've already had to just change one for for Vettel's incident, so they'll you know then they're not rusty in any way on that. But I think they've actually changed a few over this weekend. But so yeah, I think I think Latifi's definitely come off worse, and uh, and that's honestly that's it's, it's his fault there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, uh, Tom. What do you make of it? Because when you know you pay for <laughs> to take something from uh, the chat of our live stream, it's like. You know, you got these two pay drivers, and they've they've paid big time here, and you know it just it's it's not just a good bizarre. look for Canada. Not a good look for Canada. <laughs> no, no, and it's not a good look. Yeah, it's just it's just we it's it's amateur. It's just you know this is Formula One. This is the pinnacle of motorsport. You don't just. You don't make silly mistakes like that. Yes, we have accidents because you know sometimes things happen. Like with a, you know a lot Alonso, for example, you know he, you know he appeared to have a hydraulic issue or or whatever with his car when he couldn't downshift into third. But you don't in in a sport that has so much information, so much data, so much you know you know that there's so much so many lines of communication. How on earth can two drivers? You know how well. How on earth can one driver let another driver go past and think, "Oh, I know, I've, I've just let it pass, so I'm going to fucking speed up." Apologies, my language. Um, uh, you know, you know, how, you know, how, how can, how can you think that? And then, and then the other driver goes, "Oh, he's coming past me. I know what I'll do. I'm on a slow lap, so I'll yeet across the track, not check my mirrors, and then go, Kim, I know where." No, it's just like you know, just for God's sake. It's like if if someone did that to you in Tesco car park at five miles an hour, you you'd be miffed. Um, it, it's just you know, I'm, I'm I'm going on a rant now, but it's just it's not a good look for Formula One. And then what really irritated me was Stroll's attitude afterwards, where he was just, he was being interviewed by possibly Natalie Pinkham, I can't entirely remember. But the way he was just like, oh, yeah, no, I just moved off the line. Yeah, no, no, ahem, you moved off the line. You, you know, you've got mirrors on, on, on your car. And you and he was talking about, oh, the track goes that way a bit. If you watch Kurun Chantok's thing a bit, he was, he was showing the line... That, that, that you take in there. I'll tell you who's lot. I'll tell you who's come off the worst out of all this. It's not Stroll. It's not Latifi. It's not Williams. It's not Aston Martin. It's Canada. They've come out the worst of this. You know. So you know. Because uh, I tell you what, right? I think the only the only way to settle this if they just start slapping each other with bacon and maple syrup, then maybe you know, you know maybe they can settle it that way. But it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a bizarre, bizarre accident. It's like, as how can how can two drivers who are apparently the the creme de la creme, debatable, of um you know, of 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 motorsport have have a sort of incident like that? And this isn't the first time Charles had an incident like this. I've just I've as I was as I'm talking, I've just remembered him and Vettel in 2017, possibly China, at the end Malaysia. of the race, uh, Malaysia. Thank you, um, where. 
where what was Hunter going, you do 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 across the track and bonk. And Vettel ended up with 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 one of the wheels, you know, sort of like on the top of his car. And it's just like <sighs> Formula One does need pay drivers to a point. Does need pay circuits. Because and a good example of this is in places like Vegas. Because the money that comes in from that helps to fund or you know keep the likes of Spa, Monza, and Silverstone, all the rest of it going. But if you have a, a quote-unquote pay driver who, yes, they're bringing money, but they end up costing even more money because they keep making stupid, stupid mistakes like this, what is the point in the first place? Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, uh, I suppose I think they should have had a good old-fashioned ice hockey fight, maybe, you know, throw off the gloves and, and, and go for it. Um, but, I mean, is Stroll even a pay driver these days, considering his dad actually owns a team? He's just a... <laughs> um, but, yeah, there are definitely some good examples of pay drivers. You know, people even argue maybe that Lando Norris is a is a good example of that, g- given how much his dad is, but he at least came through the McLaren Academy. But, uh, yeah, Mikel, we've had <laughs> two, two firm uh, points of view um, on on what happened but yeah it, it just isn't a good look for Formula 1 when this is meant to be the pinnacle of motorsport and then you have two drivers just on a not even in a race if this was racing you go it's hard racing you know collisions happen this was on a warm up lap for a qualifying and they've had quite a nasty uh, crash which is going to for, for Latifi and for Williams is quite a big fix um, potential for a new gearbox if any of those sort of like rear pieces end up in the wrong place. Um, and then, yeah, Faster Martin, it's more repairs to a car which they've had to make this, uh, well, today um, that they didn't really want to. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It's like it, the, the point about this being an amateurish mistake. I mean, the fact that you're, you, like the fact that you kind of can't find a, a clear person at fault there's arguments for both you know for both sides to be at fault here it, it just tells you that it's it there's just such a confusion between the two i've been rewinding the the clip that the i posted on twitter uh about the incident and I, I i'm looking at it and i'm like okay so there's a blue flag for latifi and act Surely, probably for Stroll as well, because there's an Alfa Romeo. I can't make out of it's uh, Jure Bottas, who's teaming on a, on a timed lap coming through, and it just looks like Latifi thinks, okay, Stroll is going to pass me because he's on a lap, and then uh, you know you come out of turn five, I think, and suddenly Latifi is like, oh, let me, you know, just like like Owen was describing, oh, let me just go back past Stroll because apparently he's not on a timed lap, even though the the blue flag seemed to be for a driver behind the both of them. And then, yeah, just Stroll not looking in his mirrors, which, you know, as, as Tom is also referring to, it, it, it's nothing new. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fault of both. You know, bigger bill to Williams, perhaps, you know, perhaps justified because I do, you know, side with Owen, uh, you know, in this one that, yeah, it's just you can't, you can't expect that if you let someone pass you that they're going to be, you know, intuitively thinking oh you're gonna come on the inside where i'm supposed to cross the track according to the racing line 
Although, yeah, Stroll was very, um, <laughs> very uh, annoying, shall I put it, in his press conferences, in his press comments after. So, yeah, it just it's it's like I said, it's just dumb and dumb or Canadian edition. That's it. It's not a good look for Canada, like Tom said. I am not happy with this, but again, it's two drivers that really have no place, you know, in 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 fighting for points. So this doesn't really hurt their you know outlooks on that side, but. Yeah, it's just it's 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 dumb. It's stupid. It shouldn't be in in F one in this situation, especially in a qualifying Q one. And I mean, they ended up hurting half the field because you know we 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 were quite close to having an accident after the red flag was lifted, just because of the fact that we had seven cars going into basically within a gap of maybe what two hundred meters because they wanted to all get a position. So that could have ended up even worse. And you know. It all was because one guy doesn't look in his mirrors and the other guy thinks it's okay to, you know, undertake. Yeah, it really wasn't uh, just a good look for the sport in general. But uh, we'll move away from the incident now. We'll get on to some predictions for to, uh, for tomorrow's uh, race because there is a race tomorrow. Um, uh, so, Owain, we'll start with you. We'll go podium predictions first. Who do you think it's going to be? On the podium. Um, podium wise, I think. Um, you know what? I don't know. Uh, um, I, I think I, I'm going to go with Perez for third, Charles Leclerc for second, I think, and then Max Verstappen on top for 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 first. I think that's. And I, I think strategically, I think. Um, that uh, that Red Bull have uh, have a big upper hand um, with Carlos Sainz being so far down. Um, obviously, you know that's predicated on um, Sergio Perez not getting a penalty. Um, but yeah, the information we have at the moment, I think, I think that's going to be the order. Okay, Tom, watch your podium. Um, just before I say, uh, I just checked the FIA website. I have news on Stroll. Would like me to share with the group? Go, go for it, go for it. Um, so first of all, nothing on the CV yet, but Lance Stroll causing the collision between car six and car 18. Decision drop of three grid positions and two penalty points on his license. So he currently has seven points on his license. Reason the, <laughs> the steward heard from both drivers. Examined video evidence. The T3 pulled off course to the left and slowed to the exit of turn four, turn four to let cars by the last approach of Stroll. At the exit of turn five, Stroll appeared to not accelerate and was in the middle of the track. The T3 made the decision to accelerate and pass Stroll on the right as Stroll was moving right towards the right hand edge of the track, where the, where the track curved slightly to the right on the run to turn six. Contact was made between them, blah, blah, blah. And they all, yeah, then they all had a paddy. The stewards find that Stroll was predominantly to blame for the collision because of his lack of situational, situational awareness of Latifi's passing manoeuvre. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, back to the podium. Um, don't think it's going to be Stroll. Um uh, no, I would say Perez 
third. I, I'm going to agree with Owen. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Perez third. Uh, so what's his name? The Ferrari one, Monogasler. Him, yeah. I went completely blank then. So I should be thinking about Stroll, just you know, trying to meet with every single car on the grid. Um, yeah, uh, Leclerc second, and then Verstappen first. Okay, and Mikhail. Well, I'm not going to bring any variety to to the three people on the podium, but I'll change their order up. Um, I'm going to. Then this is again still pretty like Owen said, predicated on Perez starting third. Um, I'm going to go Leclerc third, Verstappen second, Perez wins. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the fact that Perez does get a penalty, um, which will either be for the three or five place control, depending on what the stewards, I think it's three. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Max Verstappen to win, uh, Charles Leclerc second, and then. Lando Norris is going to get on that podium. He's going to do it. Um, to be honest, I think even if Paris does get a penalty, he's probably still going to end up on the podium somehow. But I have faith. Um, and now moving swiftly on to bold predictions, of course, now, <laughs> Wayne. Um, I don't know if I've already made mine, but uh, <laughs> you know, shoot in the dark, what's, what's your, going to be your bold prediction? I'm going to go with a Mercedes for the podium. That's a bold prediction, I think. But I think that is very bold. Uh, imagine saying that 12 months ago. Um, <laughs> Tom? Uh, was a bold prediction, yeah? Yeah. My, my bold prediction is the Stroll doesn't crash into Latifi. <laughs> number, number two. Um, <laughs> and Mikhail? I don't know. Um, Alonso fourth. <laughs> Fair enough. He um, seems to have the, have the pace. I just hope they don't start 15th because they have to fix things. Yeah, of course, that is, that is going to be the worry for um, for Alpine. But uh, given the, the heroics of some mechanics this weekend, you, know, you never know, Alpine may be able to pull it off. So that is... Uh, actually, I need to I need to do my bold prediction. I don't know if I've already overstepped them out with Lando on the podium, but okay, I'm going to go for the Haas, one of the Haas in the points. That's my other bold prediction. I'm really I'm really shooting in the dark here in terms of my predictions. But uh, so yeah, that is that is all from us uh, today. Uh, before I finish the show, I should actually give out a massive shout out to Mary Beth Boardman, who has become our first Patreon um, supporter. Uh, so. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you uh, 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 so much. Um, we do have a Patreon if you would like um, to donate anything. Of course, it's uh, completely up to you. Uh, but it, it goes to help towards better mics, lights, recording equipment, just to make our podcast, you know, as good as possible for you guys and make it as high quality um, as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you're watching the live stream right now, you'll obviously know that we do live stream all of our shows on YouTube. Uh, and if you are watching later or on a different platform, just know that you can uh, we live stream pretty much all of our um, 
all of our shows. So if you want to watch them early and also interact with us in the chat, make sure to go to the Formula One Grid Talk um, YouTube channel, subscribe and turn notifications on so you know exactly when we go live or when we upload anything. Uh, we're also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Omni Studio, Verbal, as well as the F1 Chronicle website. So just search for the F1 Grid Talk podcast. Uh, if you're a Sky Q or Sky Glass customer, you can check us out in the uh, the featured podcasts um, uh, on the Sky Sports F1 page. So, yeah, just another way that you can find us. Um, and if you're stuck with something to listen to between now and tomorrow's race, even though it's very early in the morning, so <laughs> um, I'm not sure what you'd, what you'd need to fill in, but we do have a massive back catalogue of shows. We've got over 180 shows for you to listen to, uh, not all of them qualifying in race reviews, but also documentary-style st- uh, um, um, shows, as well as interviews with people uh, like Mario Zola from Pirelli. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout-out on our next show, and I think the same goes for Spotify as well. You can also leave us five-star reviews. You know, all feedback on our podcast is highly appreciated, and I'm sure Tom is absolutely loving the new fan base that he's a uh, he's acquiring through <laughs> through the show. Um, so yeah, um, time for some plugs. So we'll start with you, Wayne. Where can we find, or where can our listeners find more from you? Yeah, luckily the uh, the entry time zone now is is uh, is good enough that I. Uh... I can actually do them. Um, yeah, space on, but uh, normally, but I go through is uh, I do a sort of lighter look at the, uh, at the races action, and uh, and do a sort of roundup of the week of the sort of top ten meetings of the race. Um, just sort of started internally, and now uh, and now we publish it. Um, so if you want to sort of uh, like you know, it's especially last year, but moving to this year before it gets any. You know, before it gets into the mudslinging, it sort of, sort of tries to take a, a bit more of an objective uh, look at it, things. Um, but just uh, just from a sort of, uh, you know, ability to laugh at both sides of uh, of any particular F1 coin. Um, and yeah, and you can uh, and find me writing that on uh, spotlightpro.com. Okay. And uh, Tom, where can we find more from you? Yeah, so I'm part of, of everything of fun. You can find us across all our socials uh, with the handle at Tron EF1. Um, everything from podcasts on all the half-mentioned podcasting platforms. Uh, also, we have our website, which is everythingoffun.com, where we have articles uh, and general shenanigans. Okay. And Mikael? Uh, there isn't much to plug for me at the moment, generally. Just tend to jump on the pod here whenever I can. Um, there are some pieces from me on on Sportlight Pro, just like from Owen as well, but I've been a bit quiet there. So mostly, if you want anything from me, uh, just jump on the pod. So when whenever it comes out. Okay, and for me, yeah, mostly just on the podcast. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, of course you can at l underscore g underscore edwards. Um, yeah, so if you want to listen to my uh, very biased opinions on Formula One, opinions that I don't tend to share on the podcast in, in favour of a bit more, uh, um, you know, <laughs> just being a bit more equal in my arguments. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you can find that on Twitter. So I want to thank all my guests uh, for joining me today. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow with the race review for the 2022 Australian Grand Prix. Goodbye.